Put up uh, Hebrews 13, chapter 13, starting with verse 1. Wasn't really sure I was going to share this today, even though I was really blessed uh, with this past weekend, thinking about these scriptures. And um, wow, that's nice size print, too. Um, but when Rodney gave a word, though, I thought, man, I, that's confirmation. I better do this. Uh, let's pray first. Heavenly Father, we love you. And we thank you for loving us. And we bless you and praise you and commit ourselves in the preaching, the teaching, the hearing of your word to the Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. Let brotherly love continue. Be not forgetful to entertain strangers, for thereby some have entertained angels unawares. Remember them that are in bonds as bound with them and them which suffer adversity as being yourselves also in the body. Marriage is honorable in all and the bed undefiled, but whoremongers and adulterers God will judge. Let your conversation, behavior, be without covetousness, And be content with such things as you have. For he has said, now here's an interesting thing. There are three double negatives here. Not the kind that I'm talking about grammatical negatives. But three double negatives that are so cool. Because in the Greek and the Hebrew, uh, especially in the Hebrew, when they give double negatives, there's tremendous emphasis on it. And this is what the, do, the three double negatives says. For he has said, I will never, first negative, never leave, second negative. I will never leave you, nor, first negative, forsake you, second negative. Second negative. So you have double negatives. I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. And then the results of that is the next verse. The next, let's go in order here. Okay, six. Okay. So that we may boldly say, the Lord is my helper. I will not, first negative, fear second negative you have a double negative not fear both negative things and when you got there's a something out in the hebrew when they put them like that will not fear will never forsake nor will we uh desert you it says i will never leave you nor forsake you and I will not fear what man shall do unto me. Amen. How is that coming about? When you know that he has said, I will never forsake you. I will never leave you. You will never have to fear what man can do unto you. Amen. All right. Now put up 
uh, Ephesians 4, and we're going to bounce around a little bit here. We've been talking about the gifts of the Spirit. We're going to talk about uh, uh, three areas. Ephesians, the fourth chapter, talks about the ministry gifts of the Spirit. Uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 12 talks about the manifestational gifts of the Spirit. And Romans 12, did you get that? Ephesians 4, chapter 4. And Romans 12 talks about the motivational gifts of the Spirit. And so it says this, and we're just going to go from this to Ephesians 1, and I'm going to go down to about the 8th verse, and then Ephesians 2, 4, and I'm going to go through the whole chapter. Okay? It says this, I therefore, the prisoner of the Lord, beseech you. And there's that same word again that's in Romans, the 12th chapter. I beseech you. I'm begging you. I'm imploring you. I'm encouraging you to walk worthy of the vocation. That word vocation basically is the same word that follows this where it says the calling with which you are called is literal translation are the calling with which you are called. And we said, you know, we talked about this and he was a prisoner when he wrote this. He was in prison. He says, I'm a prisoner of the Lord, but I believe with all my heart that he was, that there's a double meaning in that because he says, I am a prisoner of the Lord. That word Lord is the same word that's used quite frequently uh, in reference to the Lord Jesus Christ. That word Lord, uh, a lot of times in the New Testament, uh, the word Lord is also uh, translated Rabboni, or it is the Greek word Rabboni, or Rabbi. Uh, Rabboni has a more connotation of being the chief rabbi. But when this, this word is different, it's the Greek word curious. Uh, I always say, remind myself, if you're curious about this, but this is a K-Y, curious. And this, this word curious means, actually means, well, the best way to describe what it means is go to the Hebrew uh, counterpart. In the Hebrew, the word for this word, curious in the Greek, is, is Adonai or Adon. And we've talked about that before. Adonai is the emphatic meaning of Adon. Adon, if you look in the concordance, your uh, Strong's concordance, Adon means the sovereign Lord. And it says in the concordance that it is a like a proper name, Adon. And Adonai or Adonai is the emphatic version of Adon, which is kind of a, well, I'll tell you about uh, another uh, verse here in a minute and, and point out the, 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 diff, the, the comparisons of the two. But it's I am the prisoner of the Lord, which means I am bought with the price. Later on in the chapter, we're going to see where it says he led captivity captives. That means you were taken. God, Jesus led you out of one captivity into his captivity, into the captivity of heaven. And so you are a prisoner of the Lord. You've been bought with a price. 
Therefore glorify God in your bodies and in your spirits, which are God's. And so this says, uh, I therefore, the prisoner, Lord, beseech you that you have the same attitude. Is what I believe he's saying. And that you walk worthy. And this is the first time in the Bible where it specifically talks about walking with the Lord. Now, if you've done any studying at all, you, especially of, well, of Ephesians, you know that in Ephesians, uh, Watchman Nee wrote a book called Sit, Walk, Stand. And in the sit, in the seated, it comes from being raised together and seated with him in heavenly places. We're going to look at that in a minute. And then walking has to do with living for Christ, your behavior, your conduct, you see. And the, before you can walk, you have to know who you are in Christ. I love that song. All the, uh, the promises of God are yes and amen. It's a great song. And I'm not throwing anything negative out there, maybe a little bit. Nothing big. I, 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 please continue to sing this song. I love it. It's a great song. And, but the thing of it is, it could be, just, it, 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 it might ruin the song, but it could be just a, a lot better. <laughs> because the verse of scripture is 2 Corinthians 1 20, where it says, for in him, that means in Jesus, in Christ. All the promises of God are yes and amen. And it, I, I know it's kind of being picky on my part, but it's like the promises of God are not yes and amen apart from him. You see, in him. And this is what is referred to in, in the first three chapters of Ephesians. It talks about God doing wonderful, mighty, mighty loving, caring things for us when he saved us. We talked about uh, in uh, here is the first time where he's specifically talking about how to behave, walking worthy of the vocation. There's another place, there other place that talks about negative walking, walk not as other Gentiles walk in the vanity of their minds. And then there's uh, in Ephesians one uh, two ten, which is one of my favorite verses, it talks about uh, that God has called us to walk out what He has done in us. When Ephesians two ten is, uh, we are uh, we are His workmanship, created in Christ Jesus unto good works, that we have been called to walk in them. So, but right here is where uh, this is Ephesians four one. The first three chapters almost exclusively talks about who you are in Christ Jesus. Now watch Manet in his book says we're seated with him. Before you can walk, you have to know you're seated. You cannot, because see, walking without knowing you're seated is works. And works is not going to get you any place unless it comes out of being first saved. Okay, by Jesus Christ. So now I want to just look at a few verses here just to uh, get the point across. Ephesians 1, and we're going to go through a lot quicker than I'd like to, but time constrains us. I'm glad I said that because this reminds me, this prisoner of the Lord reminds me of another verse that's in 2 Corinthians 5, 
14, 15, 15, 14. It's 2 Corinthians 5, and it goes like this. The love of Christ constraineth us. Great word, constraineth. You know what it means? It means to be surrounded by a wall. (laughs) The love of Christ constraineth us. Some translations say compels us. And we thus, first of all, he says, the love of Christ constraineth us. For if one died for all, that's Jesus Christ, then all are dead. And then he goes on to say, therefore, we shall know no man after the flesh anymore. Because all were crucified in Christ. Pretty cool, huh? Well, that's part of this knowing before you can do. It's part of knowing who you are. Now, Ephesians, the first chapter. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 1. Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ, by the will of God, to the saints which are at Ephesus, and to the faithful in Christ Jesus, grace be to you and peace from God our Father and from the Lord Jesus Christ. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who hath blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ. There is in Christ, we are blessed with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places. According as he hath chosen us in him, there's that in him again, before the foundation of the world. You were chosen in him before the foundation of the world. That we should be holy and without blame before him in love. The only other uh, verse that talks about behavior, but it's because we've been chosen. Then it goes on, having predestinated us into the adoption of Jesus Christ to himself, according to the good pleasure of his will, to the praise of the glory of his grace, wherein he has made us accepted in the beloved. Now, you've heard me talk about this word accepted. It's an amazing word because it's the Greek word karatu. Now, if you know anything about Greek, you probably, if you do, you probably know more than I do. But I do how to, you know, look look words up in my vines. Karatu, the word charis in the Greek is the Greek word for grace. Charis is grace. And uh, when it uh, talks about kara, kara, one of the words for gifts of the spirit is charisma. And that has to do with a grace being given, a favor given by God. Okay, this is, this is going to get pretty good in a minute. But this word kara too is just absolutely amazing. And it's kind of like what I was talking about a while ago is uh, this word kara too means, well, my good brother and the Lord and friend, uh, Rick Wall says, it's like grace on steroids. It's like grace on, <laughs> that's the best way to say it, on steroids, you know. And so that's so uh, amazing and that's so cool. So he says, to the praise of the glory of his grace, when he has it made us accepted in the beloved. In whom we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins, according to the riches. And we're going to stop right here. Go to uh, Ephesians, the second chapter, starting with the fourth verse. According to the riches of his grace. 
God's riches. Now there is another book out that somebody wrote that rather than talk about seated, sit, walk, stand, it's sit, you're seated with him in heavenly places, uh, walk, you live it out once you know who you are seated in heavenly places with and you stand against the wiles of the devil. So we sit, then we walk, then we stand. There's another guy that wrote a book and divided it into three W's and it isn't uh, World Wrestling Federation whatever. (laughs) W's, the three W's. The wealth of God, the works of of man and the warfare against the devil. So can you remember that? Sit, walk, stand, wealth, works, warfare. Can you remember those? But God who is rich in mercy for his great love wherewith he loved us. Wow. God who is rich in mercy for his great love wherewith he loved us. When it comes to walking in the spirit, when it comes to walking worthy of the vocation with which you have called, you are living to give glory to God. You are serving God. You are living to do his will. It says that you walk worthy of the calling with which you are called. Ephesians 5 says, walk in love as he has also loved us, as Christ also loved us and gave himself for us. So we're walking in love. Now, the the important thing about this is that we have to know you cannot. I'll just pose a question to you. We, all the commandments, we are commanded that we should love the Lord our God with all our heart, mind, body, and soul with everything we've got. How do you do that? How do you love God with all your heart, mind, body, and soul, and spirit? With everything you've got. How do you do that? Well, there's many things. But first thing you need to understand is you cannot love God without knowing first how much he loves you. You you can't be done. You know, and you cannot ever really love God as much as he loved you. Because he gave his son to die for you. By the way, this, before I forget, in Ephesians 4 where it says, and he gave gifts unto men, and then he talks about apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. That's a different word for, for gifts. That's not charisma. That isn't pneuma, as in 1 Corinthians 12.1. It is doma. You know what's good about doma? And it's not, don't, don't, don't get it confused with domo arigato, Mr. Roboto. Sorry, I shouldn't have said that. I, I told the Lord I wasn't going to say that, and then I did it anyways. I just couldn't. It, it's a good way to remember the word doma, you know, it's for some of you older Fellas, it was a song by Queen and by Sticks. Domo erigato, Mr. Okay, I did it again. All right. <sighs> doma. You know what's so cool about Doma? You know where the word Doma comes from? 
It comes from the same Greek word that is used where it says, For God so loved the world that he gave. See, because see, when in charisma, it's a gift from God to you to be to the, you know, inside of you. It's, 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 you're, you're, you're given a gift from God. But see, when you're given a doma, it is not something that, that, that's necessarily inside of you. You know what it is? It's a person. For God so loved the world that he gave his son. When it says this, well, in, in Ephesians 4, where it says, uh, he led captivity captive, gave gifts unto men. And then he goes on to say, and he gave some apostles, prophets, evangelists, and pastors, and teachers. Those are not, the gifting is not in the person. The gift is the person. See, the doma, the gifts of God, are one another. We are a gift to one another. You see, I am a gift to you. You are a gift to me. You're the person. That's why it says, for God so loved the world. He gave a person. Whereas when he puts something inside of you, which is a grace, and charisma is kind of like a, 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 a favoritism of God on steroids. Remember? We're like accepted in the beloved. It's a favoritism, but it's given on the basis of what was given to us when we were saved. Now, let's look at this. It says, uh, Ephesians, but God who is rich in mercy for his great love with which he has loved us. You can never outgive, you can never outgive God, nor can you ever outlove God. But your love for God is going, can, can only rise to up to, uh, up to a certain level based upon how much you know he loves you. You, see, you understand what I'm saying? You can never get up completely up there, but you're, un- unless you know how much God loves you, you're never going to be able to love him. Because see, he loves you first. And so all of these charismas and all these dogmas and all these things that are going on is, has to work only as you understand the love of God for you. Hello? We have known and believed in the love that God has for us. That while we were yet sinners. Anyway, God who is rich in mercy for his great love with which even, <laughs> even when we were dead in sins, hath raised us up together, has quickened us up together with Christ. By grace you are saved. And hath raised us up together and made us to sit together. Why did he make us sit together? Well, you know, I was reading your message about the song, you know. George sent out a message. I was a little, honestly, I was a little disappointed because I really like this young man. He's not a young man anymore. His name is Joel Houston. And I, I love the songs that he has written. He is Brian Houston's son out of Hillsong. And, uh, you know, I, Never Ending is one of my absolute favorites. And so many other songs he has either written or co-written with other people. And he wrote this song about 
creation or evolution. And when I, you know, and, and uh, it's one of the lines in the song. And when I read the line in the song, I don't have such a problem with that because, you know, we are all going through an evolution. You know, we're all growing and changing and so forth. But we don't believe in evolution as far as the creation of man is concerned. And I don't even believe that, you know, that it can be done, you know, in a, over a process of time by God. Okay, all right. But it's still not believing the way God said it. You see, the other way of loving God is to love his word. You know, God says he's magnified his word above all his name. You cannot love God if you don't love his word. You can't love Jesus because Jesus is the word. In the beginning was the word. And if God says he did it in a day, you know, if I find out when I get to heaven that God did it over and it was symbolic over a period of time, you know, God's God. I can't argue with God, but I, I believe it the way he said it. You see? Now, why is that important? Well, one of the reasons it's important is because God created the heavens and the earth. He created, you know, on and on, you know, the animals and so forth and so On the sixth day, you know who he created? Who? Us, man, Adam and Eve. Now, why is that important? Because he did it all. God did it all. And then he had God on the Sabbath day, God entered into rest. And who entered into rest with him? Man. God did it all. And this is what's happening here. This is why we're seated. You have to know you're seated. You, to enter into God's rest, you have to believe what God has done inside of you before you can love God back, before you can walk in it. If you walk in it without it being done in your life first, it's works. And we're saved by grace. Well, well, let's look at it. He hath raised us up together, made us sit together in heavenly places. Next verse, please. That the ages in the ages to come, he might show the exceeding riches of his grace and his kindness toward us through Christ Jesus. What a verse of scripture. They, in the ages come, he might show the exceeding riches of his grace and his kindness toward us. The exceeding riches of his. Wow, that's that's awesome. And why, what did he do in order to do that? Why, why, how was he showing us that? By raising us up together with him. <coughs> we have been raised together. If you've received Christ, if God has come into your life and you've been saved, you've been raised together with him and you are, everything you do after that is just out of, out of, out of the rest. You see, God did it all. Hello. Okay. For by grace are you saved through faith. That not of yourselves. It is the gift of God. Not of works. Lest any man should boast. For we are his workmanship. 
created in Christ Jesus unto good work, which God hath before. Before what? Before the foundation of the world. He knew us. My members were in his book before this world was even created. Hello? He has created, which God hath before ordained that we should walk in them. So there's the first walk. But the walk comes after the knowing that you are his workmanship. What's that word for workmanship? Poema. P-O-I-M-A. Poem. It's like poem. Only, as a matter of fact, the word poem comes from poema. We are his poems. We are his works of art. Wherefore, remember that you be in times past, Gentiles in the flesh, which are called uncircumcision by that which is in the flesh called, but that which is called the circumcision in the flesh made by hands, that at that time you were without Christ, being aliens from the commonwealth. And this is part of the way where this guy gets the word wealth, the wealth of what Christ has done, and then the works. You've got to have the wealth before the works. Hello? And that in time past, you walked according to the course of it, excuse me, and strangers from the covenants of promise. We just heard about all the promises of God in him or yes, and in him, amen, right? The covenants, the covenants of promise. They were strangers. What made you friends, if you were strangers before, friends with the covenants of God? Being raised together, seated together in heavenly places, saved by grace through faith, not of works lest any man should boast. But through Christ, we have been restored to the commonwealth of Israel. And we have been restored to the covenants of promise. But before we had no hope and was without God in the world. But now we have hope and we are with God in the world. But now in Christ Jesus, you who sometimes were far off, are made near by the blood of Jesus Christ. Is that pretty cool? Let's go to the next one. For he is our peace. He said made us both one. That is Gentile and Jew. He has made us both one. And hath broken down the middle wall of partition between us. Having abolished in his flesh the enmity. Even the law of commands contained in ordinances. For to make in himself of twain one new man so making peace. And now I love this, that he might reconcile both unto God in one body by the cross, having slain the enmity thereby and came and preached peace to, to you, which were afar off and to them that were nigh for through him, who's him, the Holy Spirit. We both have access through him, through Christ. We both have access by one spirit unto the father. I have access I have access. The scepter of the mighty king is extended to me and I can go into his presence because I have access by the spirit of God. All right. See, that's the first three chapters is all about the wealth of God and what God has done for us. Chapter four. Let's go to chapter four, verse one again. I thought, therefore, the prisoner of the Lord beseech you that you walk worthy of the I therefore the prisoner of the Lord beseech you that you walk worthy of the uh, worthy of the vocation with which you are called with all lowliness here's an interesting thing 
if you are raised together and seated together in heavenly places in Christ, he did it all. You got nothing to brag about. And if you don't understand that, you can't do this part. But if you understand that, it's with all lowliness and meekness and long suffering, forbearing one another in love. The gifts of the Spirit operate in the body of Christ when we have humility. Hello? Let's go on that, please. Endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. There must be unity. Without unity, you know, every teacher I've ever heard said the spot or wrinkle that's going to be gone from the body of Christ before his return. Because it talks about how God is going to come back for a, Jesus is going to come back for a bride that is without spot or wrinkle or any such thing. But it should be holy and without blame. You know what I'm talking about? Every teacher I've ever heard says the spot or the wrinkle in the body of Christ is division. Hello? We must have unity. We cannot do, we cannot operate as a divided body. Hello? There is one body, one spirit. Even as you are called in one hope of your calling. Why is he saying this? Says the same thing in Romans 12. He says the same thing in 1 Corinthians 12. There's one body, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all is above all and through all and in us all. Why does he keep saying that? Because we are, because we don't always agree with one another. And when we don't agree with one another, I'm like, what God are you following? Hello? That's, that's our nature. But God wants us to endeavor to keep the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. There's one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all is above all and through all and in us all. Unto every one of us is given grace according to the measure of the gift of Christ. And we're going to stop right there because I'd really like to keep going. But to every one of us is given grace. You know, it's like one person, I think, Ern Bastard used to say, we're going to take communion in a minute. You get a piece of the bread. You just get a piece of the bread. You're not the whole loaf. We're just a piece. I'm just a piece of the bread. I'm not the whole loaf. Have all lowliness and forbearance and meekness and, you know. We have to have to have unity. We have to begin to see that it's all you got nothing. You're nothing. In Romans, uh, Romans 12, verse three, it says, uh, think not of yourself more highly than you ought to think. Now, this is kind of a paradox here or a contradiction, because how, how can you get any higher than seated in Christ in heavenly places? Can you get any higher than that? Then how is it that you're not supposed to think of yourself more highly than you ought to think? If you don't see that everybody else is in the same boat you're in, then you're thinking of yourself more highly. You're thinking of yourself more highly than God. Hello. Unto every one of us is given grace. According to the measure of the gift of Christ. 
I don't have the whole thing. I just have a piece. Just like you. Just like me. Let's pray. Thank you, Lord. Lord, I I desire and I know you desire, I believe, Lord, that you want to move in us. You want to use us. But you use us when we realize it's you. It's you. It's all about you. It's all about you. And when we realize that, we can walk worthy of the calling with which we are called. Hallelujah. But only when we know that we are in Christ, seated with Him in heavenly places. Thank you, God, for loving us. Thank you, Lord, for loving us. Oh, the love of Christ constraineth us. The love of Christ is a wall around us because we have been imprisoned in the love of God. Hallelujah. What a prison. I'm so glad that I'm no longer a slave to to the devil and to sin. But I'm a slave to you, Lord. I am a prisoner of the Lord. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Amen.